Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness and for just being so faithful to us. Thank you for, for the sunshine and thank you for the rain and thank you for all your blessings. And um, Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, good morning. What a weekend. Right? Isn't it a great weekend? So, so I was just talking to Will. We just um, seen the Preakness Stakes like run yesterday and so I was like yay you know I like I like horse races and so um anyway it's fun to see him run and the horse that won is a national treasure actually that's really his name so so I was excited about that but we have an even greater national treasure right and his name is Jesus and so um I'm so thankful for him and thankful for his goodness been in Romans and we might get to Romans. But I'm going to take some detours. Like, is anybody tired of Romans? Anybody ever get tired of the Bible? So I, like, like, no? No one gets tired of the Bible? Or it's like, oh, well, that's a good answer, right? That's the answer I was looking for, right? So, so, um, so we'll go through Romans. We'll get through it. But there's some stuff on my heart as I was preparing. And I was just like, man, this is really good. By the way, the song's so good. Thank you guys for all your hard work. And um, thanks for all the hard work out on the, in the, um, what do you call it, the lawn or the garden. garden. Yeah, thank you guys very much. We really appreciate it. It looks awesome. So, um, but anyway, um, I was just thinking, because I was thinking of Hagar, right? And um, that really hit me strong um, when I was studying for that last week and then when I was sharing about her, um, because it's such a big deal right? What God does in our lives. And people can get this, they can get this view of you from, from like, I don't know if it's from tradition or if it's from, from just not really digging in and finding out what really happened in that situation. Cause I was always thinking, you know, when I think of Hagar, I was always thinking of, oh, well, that was a really bad deal. And like, but then when you get to digging and seeing what the Midrash says and in her heart, you know, really, like, what a great insight that she had to say, you know what, I'd rather be a slave or a servant in the house with Sarah than a princess in this kingdom. Well, she chose God over the world. And it's something that we get the opportunity to do every day. We get to do it by what? Living from the inside out, right? I think we just heard a song about that not too long ago. Inside out. Like I always talk about my horse training. I always talked about it being inside out and upside down, which I learned from a, from a guy named Bob Proctor, who is a personal development guy, but phenomenal. He always talked about inside out, upside down. I was like, I need to change my horse training and make it inside out, upside down from what everyone else is doing. And the world is all the way out here. And there's so many things that we focus on out here. 
I want to change this. I want to change that. I want to do this. I want to do that. The problem is, all that stuff is out of our control. And we put so much focus on the stuff on the outside that we can't even change. Like, I get in a point in my life, I won't talk to someone about something unless, like, I know they can help me with it. Right? Because all you're doing, like, like I'm not going to go to to a chiropractor to talk about getting a surgery uh, on my on my heart or on my brain, which some of you guys are hoping would happen really quickly, right? Right? Why? Because it's not it's not his forte, right? So I'm not going to go get marriage advice from someone who's been divorced seven times and going through another one, right? And so I, I'm going to be smart about how I do things in, in the world, but sometimes maybe they have a lot of insight too, and we dismiss it because, you know what, they know a lot of what not to do. So maybe I do need to get a little insight every once in a while from them. So that's where I think we're getting with, with, Hag- with Hagar, because we see her running. We see Ishmael, and we think it as Ishmael as really bad. But you know what? God had a blessing on Ishmael. A blessing that continues to this day. You can just look out and see how powerful God's blessing is on him. Now, if that blessing is that strong on Ishmael, we're the seed of Abraham too. Now think about that. The only difference is they understand who they are. Do you understand who you are? Are you trying to control everything from the outside or are you trusting the God who lives in us? Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's pretty powerful. So we can't change what's out there. What we can change is what's in here. What are we thinking about? What are we focusing on? Because what we focus on, we give power to in our lives. So it's really important. Um, what's great is that we live in a time of grace and goodness. So when we do good, guess what happens? What happens when we do good? We get blessed. And sometimes we mess up, and you know what happens? We get blessed, right? That's what happened with, with Abraham. And so... Um, is our focus on what we do or is our focus on who we are, right? So as I was reading, I was coming to Jeremiah and I want to teach you the gospel according to Jeremiah here. And it says this, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. What is he saying? You can see God's heart. He's like, you know that one covenant? That don't cut it, right? That that ain't good enough because you see Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, literally is like the sword, right? The, the Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword, sharper than 
or sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting down to the bone and, and marrow, right? People can use the word as a sword, and they can cut your head off, right? Or you can use the sword, and you can cut things that are attacking you off and save someone's life. The, the problem is not the sword, it's how are you using the sword, right? You can take a hammer, and you can hit someone upside the head with it, or you can take a hammer, and you can shoe a horse, or, or you can build a wall, right? It's not the tool, it's what are you going to do with it? So when they come down from Mount Sinai, they had a covenant, right? And, and here he comes down, and he, he, they're like, here's the Ten Commandments. Do all these, and you'll be blessed, right? And do you know what they said? We will do every bit of it. Not one thing will be missed. And do you know what happened? 3,000 people died. And do you know what they died by? A sword. By a sword. The law, the old covenant brought a sword. But watch this. 2,000 years later, 50 days after Jesus left on Pentecost, we call it Pentecost, but it's also called Shavuot, the very same day that Moses come down from Mount Sinai, guess what happened? They're in Jerusalem, they're on Mount Zion, and you know what happens? It says they were gathered together in a little car, it was a Honda Accord, <laughs> Right? And a wind blew through, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And God breathed life into them and made that. And that, that, was, the, um, that was a revelation and a confirmation of what the finished work actually did. It was a big deal. When Moses came down, 3,000 people died. When the Holy Spirit fell, what happened? 3,000 people were what? They were saved. Right? So you can live over here, but I kind of don't want to live where you get your head cut off. I want to live over here in the new covenant that God created, and He didn't, it didn't come free. It comes free to us, but God paid the ultimate price when He sent His Son, His only Son, the Son whom He loved, to die for, so that we can live in it. I just thinking of the scripture, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I was like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that scripture mean? I mean, what does it even really mean? I am the righteousness of God, of Elohim, the creator of the universe. I am the righteousness of Elohim in Christ Jesus. No wonder they're trying to kill him. They're trying to kill Jesus because he said he was the son of God. Now he's saying, I am the righteous. What is I am? It's God's name. It's Yahweh. It's part of Yahweh, the, right? His, Yahweh is, when you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, you'd have off, hey, Yahweh, I am that I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? I'm in Christ Jesus, and he's in me. We're one. Remember, Jesus said, I and the Father are what? Are one. There's no separation. Do you know what he's saying? I'm in my Father, 
and my Father is in me. Right? And so, um, we don't have to get on the spinning wheel when we're like going, oh man, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And then you mess up and he's like, I ain't in here no more. Steps over. Lord, forgive me again. Oh, okay. I'm back. Oh, you messed up. I seen what you thought. Now it's even about your thoughts. And then he steps out again. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like that, that's def, that's schizophrenic, right? They need a mental hospital to, to live like that. And that's what it does is it sends you in the spinning wheel and you have no peace and you have no hope and, and you have no, no place to go. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. That's our safe place. Not in trying to be righteous, which we can never earn by the flesh, but by knowing we are righteous because we are saved with our spirit and our soul. Does that make sense? And so I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So I was like, I am the righteousness. Oh, I am righteousness. Not trying to justify anything, but allowing the full finished work of Jesus to live in and through my life. See, that's the repentance. That's what repentance is talking about. Turning around, returning to the top, returning to that place where I'm not trying to justify myself to say I'm good enough for God, but I'm trying to just rest and allow his work to have its full effect in me. And when I get this right, then everything else is going to line up. And that's powerful when you, when you think about it. But until you do, we run from all these situations in our life and all the struggles. And when we really just need to say, wait a second, I'm just going to go in here, and I'm going to get this right, and I'm going to trust the, the king of the universe, the one who created the stars and the moon, to do a great work in me, and then I will see the effect out there, right? That's the good news of the covenant, right? Is that boring? Nope, not to me, it's not. I, lo I love it. The more I learn about it, the more like it makes me excited. But he says, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I, when, who's I? God is. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with the forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them. This is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time. Now listen, this is a covenant. Like we talk about the new covenant, but do we really understand what the new covenant says? Now we're going to let the Bible interpret the Bible. Always. Right? Bible always interprets the Bible. We see it talked about in the New Testament all the time. And they, well, this is the gospel in the New Testament. I'm telling you, there's the gospel according to the Tanakh, to the Torah, to the writings, to the prophets, and that's what this is. Without this, there would be no that. 
this is the Jeremiah is prophesying of what we're in right now. You know, all those dudes in the Bible, Jeremiah would have gave his right arm, leg, and everything to be where we're at right now. They long, Abraham long to see this day. We're made for this time. We're made for this season. Our kids, our grandkids, they're made for this time. They're made for this season. This is their time. And we can live in it. Today is the day the Lord has made. And I will moan and complain <laughs> and gripe. This, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Oh, wait a second. Time out. Did I just read that right? He didn't say that I have to do it. He said he would do it. Do you ever think that Jesus, if he's one with God and the Holy Spirit's one with all of them, you think maybe if Christ is in me, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit's in me too, and the Father's one, and the ones who wrote this book and created the universe live inside me, maybe they know what they're talking about. And guess what? Now I'm one with them. There's no separation. And he's saying, I, I will make, make a covenant. And then he says, and I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. He said, I will be their Elohim, their creator, right? That's why it's so important. What, what faith comes by what? Hearing. By hearing and hearing what? The word of, word of God, the word of Jesus, right? It's so important what we hear. Why? Because what we hear comes through, through filters through our mind and drops to our heart, right? And then you think we think with our mind. We, some of us really don't. But what we really think of is where? It's in our heart. As a man thinks in what? In his heart, so is he, right? So everything, everything works, right? Head, heart, and then hands. You, you, you hear it in your mind, it drops to your heart, and then you work out of it, right? But now he's saying there's something even greater than that. Because when we, we have Jesus in our heart, right? We have the King of Kings in our heart. And so he's saying, I'm going to write it on the tablets of your heart, and then you will know. You ever know the Bible says that he convicts the sinner of sin, but he convicts the, the righteous of righteousness. You know what that means? It's your heart. You ever like go to... Like, oh, man, those sorry suckers, they just cut me off. Watch what I'm going to do. And then you get this, oh, yeah, but you're a son of God. Like, aren't you forgiven? 
Aren't you blessed? Look at who you are. Right? Rather than, you rotten sinner. Look what you did. Like you even thought about that. Right? So what is that? That's that conviction because we have that where? In our heart, right? He says, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. And they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, the I am that I am. I love where it said after write it on their hearts, he says, I will be their God. I will be their Elohim. What is that? That's the creator, right? And so it's so powerful when when God just... um, really opens it up and reveals who we really are. Because then that gives us something to live by and not live trying to get. Does that make sense? We can either live for or we can live from. And that's what he's saying. You're not living for righteousness. You're living from righteousness. You're going to make some mistakes. Believe it or not, I've made a couple, not very many. I know, I'm pretty close to perfect, right? Everyone believes that, right? No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins forever. I will never let them off the hook. I will constantly remind them of them. No? Are you serious? Am I reading? For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our what? Our sins. He he ain't on a sin hunt. He's on a sun hunt. Whom the sun sets free is free if they keep the law. Is free if they go to church on Sunday. That's not it. It's free if they Whom the sun sets free is what? It's free. Not just free, but what? Free indeed. That's good news, right? Really good news. So, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. This is what the Lord says. This is what the I am that I am says. Remember Jesus said, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, hi, what is I am? That's God's name. You know what? You're invoking God's name. And you know who, who I am is? He's getting ready to tell you. This is what the I am that I am says. He who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and the stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Lord Almighty is his name. Only if these decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, 
will the descendants of Israel ever cease to be a nation before me? You know, I think Israel's pretty safe. Like, I know we worry about them, and I hate Like, they're getting bombed some right now, actually. Like, and I hate it with all my heart. But I'm telling you, there's a God who keeps his promises. There's a God who restored Israel. Guess what? And you're part of that covenant, right? Because there's, uh, like, a son you have, but then there's an adopted son. Like, we're chosen. You're chosen. We're all chosen, actually, but you're grafted in, right? Okay. Ever cease being a, this is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below be searched out will I reject all the descendants of Israel because of all they have done. Whew. Who's going to do that? I think that's a pretty, pretty secure, don't you? Now let's skip over. I want to read another part. Jeremiah 33. Gospel according to Jeremiah, I guess. 33.1. While Jeremiah was still confined... I'm trying to sound like a preacher this morning. Did I put anyone to sleep yet? I'm trying. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth... The I am that I am who formed it and established it. The I am that I am is his name. And then he says this. Call to me. And if I don't answer, I'll call back. <laughs> Leave a message. Right? Every call him like, hey God, this is James. I'm in trouble. Can you help me? Beep. This is God. I'm busy in Africa right now. Please call back and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Submit this paper and that paper and do this and do that and you might be saved. Right? No. He says, call, 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 call me. Right? Remember the song? The rock song? Call me. Okay, never mind. Back to preacher mode. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You know what that tells me? You don't know everything. I know some of us think we do, but we don't. But it also tells me we know the one who does know everything. The one who created the stars and the moon and the sun and everything in it, and he will make a way no matter what you're going through. Just like Hagar, where she felt like it was hopeless and running. And then the God who sees her. Even though she, she even to this day, people read about her like, like she's a plague. She wasn't. She's a blessing. Now, she was used to represent the law, but that's not her. That's just a, a, a story about her, right? And so... When I see her and see what God did, I see that that gives hope for any one of us. No matter how bad you think you are, no matter how hopeless you think you are, no matter what you've done, where you've been, God sees you. Not only does he see you, he loves you. And he says, says I've taken your sins and removed them as far as the east is from the west. And if, 
you don't understand that, that means that it's just forever. And he said, call me. And I'll show you unsearchable things that you do not know. And it says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in the city of the royal palaces of Judah that have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the sword in the fight with the Babylonians. Now listen, we're back to the sword. They will be filled with the dead bodies of the men. I will slay in my anger and my wrath. I will hide my face from this city because of all its wickedness. Well, what is, what's a wickedness? One of the things that, that I think that blocks us from living in God's righteousness is trying to earn God's righteousness. It said they took down the, the royal places and they took down the ramparts and, and, or to build ramparts to defend themselves in their own strength. They even took a sword, their own sword. Anybody try to, you ever try to defend yourself against someone and someone's hitting you with the, with the Bible? Like they're trying to cut your head off with the Bible, with the law, right? It can be done, right? And so here they are. They're trying to save themselves. They're trying to help themselves. And you know what happened to them? They all perished. They all died. But God was not done with them because he made a promise. The God who makes promises still keeps his promises. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it, and I will heal my people, and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring, bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as they were before. I will, I will cleanse them from all their sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city will bring me renowned joy, praise, and honor before all nations on the earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace that I will provide for it. Then it goes on down here and says that, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before in verse 11 at the end of 11. It's kind of long. I love this because it says in Jeremiah 31, a time is coming. But I skip over here to Luke. Luke chapter 1. And it says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and, re and regulations blamelessly. All of them. I didn't say it. The Bible says that. Now watch this. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. So here they are. They're both from the house of Aaron. What does that mean? They're from the priestly line, right? And so here they've done, they've dedicated their entire life to God, their entire life to his service. They've checked every box. They've dotted every I and crossed every T. 
and they've lived their life fully for God, yet they were missing this one thing. The one thing that they had wanted and hoped and that would bring a future. It's a promise too, because what it was that would be the line going down for the priesthood. And here he is, minding his own business. Old. Remember, does it remind you of another story? No hope. The old, the old Testament starts out with Abraham and Sarah. And now the New Testament, part of the gospel, is bringing up a story that God is just not the God of Abraham and Sarah. But he's a God that's now. It says, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God. Let me read this to you. The Bible Hub had it in a different version. I think it was the King James, and it says, It come to pass now. Now watch. In Jeremiah, it said, A time is coming. But now he says, It came to pass now. My version says once. It came to pass now. What came to pass now? While he was serving as priest before God. You know what the Bible says about you? Your royal priesthood. Chosen generation. The Bible says you're a king. You're a priest. You're a prophet. You know, we can serve God in that duty too. You know, we do that by talking to him. Here he is ministering to God in his duty as a priest. Serving God, minding his own business in that very thing that he thought was hopeless. It said, before the angel come to him, it came to pass now. Let me tell you, you can't do nothing about the past. You can't do nothing, I mean, you can do, you can make choices today that will affect the future, but the future is the future. But he's the God of now. Where are you at now? Are you hurting? Are you tired? Do you feel hopeless? I know where you're going. You know how things are going to work out. Are you afraid? Are you broken hearted? Have you lost someone you love? Have, have you gotten a bad report? Have you gotten a bill and it seems insurmountable? The Bible says, you know what? Now is the time of salvation. The Bible says he's an ever future help in time of trouble. Never what? Ever present hope in the time of trouble. And remember what they say? When they say present, you know what present is, right? We get them at Christmas? For our birthday? Might be where we want to live. Where we have our presence. And we can unwrap everything that he's put in us. He said, I'll put it on your mind. I'll write it on your tablets of your heart. 
and you will know me, and I will be your Elohim. See, come to pass for Zechariah. Now, I love this because of their names. Elizabeth means God's promise. Zechariah means I am that I am remembers. God made a promise. And he who promises is only as faithful as the one who made the promise. And when he makes a promise, it's solid for generations. You don't have to hope or wish. You can know that he's faithful and that he remembers. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. We love you and give you the praise in Jesus' name. Encourage folks out there and lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.